Hi there! Welcome to episode 129 of the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. Rare were among the best developers for the NES, and 30 years ago they flexed their programming muscles on a strange Ninja Turtle-inspired adventure that became a cult classic for generations to come. Watch out for those rock walls, because tonight we listen to the music of Battletoads for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Well, hello, Matt. Hello, Chris. And how are you this fine, thundery evening? Uh, you know, I could use a lot more thunder. I could use a lot more lightning. I'm a big fan of lightning. I know that may sound weird, but I really like seeing photographs of lightning and all those crazy electrical storms really excites me. Oh, me too. I love me a good thunderstorm. We were also just talking about how much I want there to be lots of rain. Now, granted, maybe this very instant while we're trying to record via the internet isn't the greatest <laughs> time for a lightning storm. Yeah, well. But you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> oh, can I, can I drop a quick anecdote about lightning? I love quick anecdotes. This won't be quick at all. When, uh, when I went... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. When... Um, the now wife that and I've I lulled you in. <laughs> yeah, now that I've lured you in, my plan is complete. When the wife and I went to um, uh, Europe, we went to we went on a Mediterranean cruise for like our first anniversary slash uh, honeymoon. And um, at night, we're out on the Mediterranean on this cruise ship, and it is pitch black, right? So there was a point in which we kind of passed through a storm, and it wasn't all that bad. It was like rain, you know? But uh, I kind of kept my eye on it because, you know... I, cruise ships aren't exactly built for people like me they're like nothing is really geared towards someone like me like i don't care about the casino i'll, I'll eat my way through it but that's fine but um <laughs> so i'm out on the deck and i'm watching and it becomes a lightning storm so now i'm watching in pitch black a lightning storm off in the distance uh i mean don't get me wrong we saw the coliseum we saw you know the parthenon we saw all these great places but that lightning storm really sticks out was huh. just, it was like uh, like an hour of just that's cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much anytime a storm hits, like in this house, we'll just like gather around the windows and watch. I love crazy storms, wind storms, lightning storms, thunderstorms, mm-hmm. frog storms, whatever storms you got. I'm I'm in I'm game I'm there. Blood. Locusts, huh? you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cicadas. Pile them on. Pour on more of those things, I say. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. That's that's terrifying. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's not do that. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, well, I we've got a we've got a heck of a soundtrack to listen to tonight. I have uh, I have a lot to say about this game. So let's dive in, huh? All right, Matt. Yes. Hit us with some history. Battletoads was released from the Nintendo Entertainment System in June 1991 in North America and hit Japan later that year in December and Europe in 1993. Uh, it was developed by Rare and published by Trade West, and was obviously designed to capitalize on the overwhelming success of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle brand. It was also something of a technical showcase for the platform. The game featured a strikingly cinematic opening sequence, followed by bright, colorful visuals, gigantic bosses, parallax scrolling backgrounds, and all manner of effects that pushed the NES to its limits. It also weaved in and out of several different genres through the course of the game. Where the first level led most people to believe Battletoads was a beat-em-up akin to the likes of Double Dragon, the second stage saw you rappelling down a chasm 
The third level puts you in a tough as nails escape sequence. The fourth level was a precision platformer, and so on. Battletoads was rare doing what they did best, sometimes to a fault. While the game is incredibly diverse, it's also prohibitively difficult, meaning the majority of players never saw the bulk of what the game has to offer. It was eventually ported to a number of platforms, including the Sega Genesis, Game Gear, and Amiga, and spawned a series of sequels that focused far more on its brawler gameplay. But the NES original remains unmatched in its historical significance and overall success. Another negative point about the game's overbearing difficulty is that most people who played the game never got to experience more of its awesome soundtrack, which was composed by David Wise. You've probably heard this name mentioned on this show quite a bit, as I'm a tremendous fan of his work, but in case you're new here, Mr. Wise was the man <laughs> responsible for the bulk of the music in the Donkey Kong Country franchise, Wizards and Warriors, Cobra Triangle, and many more. For Battletoads, David did a great job of maintaining a through-line in terms of overall tone, but also matching the incredibly varied forms of gameplay present throughout the adventure. This soundtrack rules, and I can't wait to start listening. Matt, what is yes. your history with Battletoads? Uh, this is one of the many cases where I have Zip Zero. Um, really? I mean, oh. yeah, no, I've, I've never played it, uh, never owned it. I probably don't even think I've held the original cartridge. Um... I mean, it's become kind of a thing of video game uh, history and lore and, you know, how just how difficult it is. And um, there's the whole meme of calling GameStop and asking for Battletoads for years. And I don't know. It's I feel like the game has gotten a very undeserved reputation for being not good. Well, I think that's because it's just hard. Yeah, and the thing the, the thing is is that I feel like most people think that this game is a brawler because, you know, when you think of well, what were the games that people played more and got to see more of? Stuff like Battletoads and Double Dragon or uh, any of the, the various like Battletoads and Battle Maniacs, stuff like that, which mm -hmm. were primarily brawlers, which right. was what the first stage of Battletoads was. Mm -hmm. But every time I every time I played this game and I managed to get further, it always astonished me how like the, the first level was just a beat-em-up and a really fun beat-em-up too like very it's like big exaggerated cartoon visuals and stuff it's the 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 visual stuff that they pulled off in this game impressed me so much when I was a kid because I remember renting it and being like Battletoads that's like Ninja Turtles uh, sure I'll try it out uh, <laughs> and I plugged it in and I mentioned in the, uh, the you mentioned the intro that the, uh, the the beginning of the game of this very cinematic thing and like it looked like a, a movie like you know, a little spaceship flies into the camera and then away and there's like a planet in distance and it says Battletoads kind of like a movie font like it's very you know straightforward and then it you know goes all full cartoon on you with the ridiculous opening music and whatnot but you get into the game and like they do the the cartoon thing where their hands like get really big when they do a big punch or like their feet get really big when they do a big kick or if they do a really big headbutt ram horns come out of their heads you know it's it they're very stretchy and goofy cartoony um and the first boss as much as i thought that stuff was really cool when i got to the first boss was the first part of the game that just, just truly and utterly blew my mind because the boss battle is shown from the perspective of the boss so like you get to the you're fighting these big long-legged creatures all through level one 
and uh, then you get to the end and a giant version of that shows up and you only see its leg as it stomps on the ground towards you and like your battle toads both like do the giant jaw drop all the way to the floor and their eyes bug out of their heads like ah! because this giant thing's in front of them and then the camera view switches to like this red like from inside of a visor and it's the boss shooting at the Battletoads. So you're controlling the Battletoads, but the camera is from the perspective of the boss, which is, this is an NES game, right? Like, you don't, that kind of stuff didn't happen with NES games. Like, this was, this was a really, really wild effect. And it almost took me a minute to figure out what was going on, but like, the boss will shoot these little lasers out, and then the last laser will be like this rock or something that forms on the ground. And then you pick it up and throw it at the screen, and it cracks the screen because you just hit the boss in the face with the rock. It's really cool! And then you get to the, the second stage and you're rappelling down this, this, uh, this giant chasm and it's got multi-layered scrolling going on. Another thing that you didn't really see much of on the NES, that was like a... The Sega Genesis was rocking that stuff over where Sonic the Hedgehog was just coming out, you know? And here it is on an NES game looking gorgeous and just really rare, flexing those tech muscles, like... They squeezed so much out of the NES in this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I felt mean, like I had interrupted you before. I wanted to let you... No, to be, to be fair, I, I didn't have much else to say. I, I thought it was actually a decent way to, you know, progress into kind of your history. So, I mean, go take it. Take the take it and run with it, man. Ah, well, um, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about this as the, as, as the episode goes on, like... Uh, it took me years to finish this game, but I never wanted to stop trying. Uh, eventually, I was only ever able to finish it with a Game Genie. Um, I made myself do it, too. Like, I got through all the hard parts, but I can get pretty darn far in this game without the use of a Game Genie. And, like, man, it is it is really astonishing. Like, it doesn't nail every single thing. Like, the game is obscenely difficult, and a lot of times it's because, like, it's just kind of cheap deaths from for, from time to time but it's the kind of right. thing that you're you're kind of really interested in learning and it involves very twitch reflexes and stuff but man you have to admire the ambition of this game and i was talking to somebody on our discord uh earlier about uh ninja turtles for nes versus Battletoads uh for nes and you know because I, I was we were talking about how the ninja turtles games have these great soundtracks and that um you know, I said that you know, the, the the game can go jump jump off a cliff, but I love the soundtrack. And they were like, "Oh, you like Battletoads, but you don't like Ninja Turtles." It's like, no, no, Ninja Turtles uh, Battletoads can jump off a cliff too. Like that game's <laughs> crazy, stupid hard. It's also got an amazing soundtrack. But if I'm comparing Ninja Turtles to Battletoads, I think Battletoads is just so much. I think it's a much better game because it's mm -hmm. so much more ambitious. It's it's just brimming with creativity. Like for a brand that seems so obviously like this is this is designed to capitalize off the popularity of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they're battle toads, right? It's it's like one to one there, but this is the the creativity that went into the world that this game created and all the different kinds of levels, like riding the giant snakes and holding onto these weird unicycles that ride up walls and stuff. Like, there are so many strange things happening in this game. This was just rare firing, firing on all cylinders, and I, I'm not, I just love it. Yeah, I mean, to kind of... Uh, meant to kind of uh, tack on to what you said, I mean, like, TMNT is always going to be that, like, big IP, just because, like, 
they had the cartoon bred from the graphic novels you know there's a whole toy line and you know you're just inundated within that's where the nostalgia lies but speaking strictly on ambition yeah like yeah battletoads is certainly the you know head and shoulders above tmnt and it's i'm just and, from and, gameplay yeah just right yeah and game, that's not yeah. me that's not me you know dropping a deuce on the tmnt series because you know those uh, notoriously hard nes you know yeah TMNT. the first one is just ridiculous and then they really nailed it with the the brawlers like those yeah those brawler tmnt games are great and the nes yeah, adaptations absolutely. are fa- phenomenal like they're some of the best best in their class but mm-hmm. you know battletoads did so much more like and i i i love that about it i just love how creative they got with it and how much they tried mm-hmm. to change things up from level to level like completely different gameplay styles yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you get a little something different every time, every every level. If you, I feel like it's a reward. Like, hey, listen, this game's really hard, but you know, you get you get going in it. You trust me, you're gonna you're gonna like it. You just figured that out. Now figure this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No cakewalks here. All right, let's get to work, shall we? We've got a yes. really, really good lineup of tunes. Uh, I didn't skip too many tonight, really. We've got, uh, I think we got 12 songs, 11, sorry, 11 songs to listen to uh, tonight, and uh, they're all winners. They're all, they're all good stuff. So uh, let's start with Ragnarok's Canyon. This is the level one theme. This is the, the song that pretty much everybody who's played Battletoads has heard before, uh, and it's a really good tune. Great way to start off a game. So let's give it a listen. Enjoy. Ragnarok's Canyon 
from Battletoads. What'd you think? Um, that was really interesting uh, because, like, my initial thoughts were like, "There's a lot going on here." Um, so like, you know, I you get that dum 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 dum, and I'm like, "Ooh, that's like a cool like uh, rhythm to you know kind of be the bass layer for something," and then. The, you know, the first thing comes on top of it, and then, and then it's, you know, so it's not like, it, it sounds weird because, of, for me to say this, because it's not all that, um, uh, energetic, or, or loud, or, or whatever you would think when I say the word chaotic, mm-hmm. it's like, this track is very chaotic, <laughs> which is weird, because it's like an NES track, like I said, it doesn't, and it's got a lot of different parts that need to yeah. come together, like, yeah, and f- like, there's a lot of it I really, really enjoy. There's the part where the drums break, and it's just like, boom, ka, boom, ka. and I was like, ooh, that's pretty cool. And then they do some stuff over it, and I'm like, yeah, like, like it's good. I just feel like it might be a little too all over the place. I almost want it to be <laughs> like, hey man, pick like three melodies and stick with them. <laughs> I I really love again. I just love I love the ambition of this song where it's. It starts off like super simple, just that do 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 do, and then they they keep reprising that, and you know the the, the crazy like bass bends that they do, like do 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 do, like mm-hmm. that. They, they, it was really just, I mean, David was just kind of showing off. It seems like, <laughs> like hey, look at all this <laughs> wacky stuff I can do, but it had all those very you know distinct rare NES instruments going on and i i just love the complexity of it while it's all kind of going over that pretty simple baseline and the different drum tricks that they did like you were talking about like the boom ch- boom ch- and then like they they did another round over that um uh baseline where it kind of sounds like just a hi hat running like like it was it's so clever i really love this tune yeah, I don't think it's terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I just think it's a little too chaotic for my my likes, my tastes, my preferences. Fair enough. Well, let's see if uh, let's see if this next one does you any does you any better. This is the Wookie Hole. So this one is a <laughs> stage uh, that you are the, the the big old canyon that you're going down. Right after you beat the first boss, you guys jump into this hole and uh, you're rappelling down these ropes. And this stage was like. This was, uh, the, the first stage was a little bit of a test in the whole multiplayer thing because there's friendly fire in this game. You can beat the crap out of each other in this game uh, and kill each other. This stage, though, there's a move that's a one-hit kill for anything, including your partner. <laughs> mm. So you got to be really careful when you do the wrecking ball move. If you go all the way against the wall and wait till your uh, rope straightens out, You'll turn into a wrecking ball, and you press the button, and you'll just swoosh right across the stage, kill anything in a single hit. You can use it as much as you want, but it comes at, it comes at a price. Because uh, there's also a little tiny bit of uh, uncontrolled that you have after you, you. Yeah, it takes like a second for you to kind of recuperate after you do it. Mm-hmm. And there are these other birds that'll fly through the stage, and they'll cut your line, and that's an instant death too. So. Uh, mm. Game's hard, man, but it's really cool. I I loved mastering this stage, man. My sister and I would play this two-player, and we would. It took us so long to master this stage. Like stage one, kind of no problem. We had that figured out pretty quick. But man, stage two took us a while to get through. 
and uh, it was worth it. And this is this is really cool music for uh, it, it. It has a very descent sound. Uh, it, go, it has this whole like actually descending note that kind of uh, happens a couple of times in it. But it also does a lot of those neat kind of like echo effects that uh, David Wise really was able to yank out of the NES sound chip. So let's give it a listen. Here is level two Wookie Hole. Enjoy. <laughs> Fun name. Uh, I love the uh, the 
just the overall feeling of descent that this song uh, presents because it's it, it, the whole thing is kind of on rails. You know, it's it's not like you have a lot of control that the camera will automatically be moving down until enemies show up and then it'll stay still until you beat the enemies and then you'll start repelling down again automatically. So the whole thing is just down, 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 down. And I like how the the the, the music has all these echoey aspects to it. Like, you know, this the sound in this cave would obviously be super echoey, but then occasionally it just does this, the big, like, kind of glorious splash like da, 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 da. and it's like kind of hit a little bit with the splendor of being inside of this gigantic chasm that's actually kind of cool looking um I, I really think this this nails exactly what the stage was trying to set uh, it's, it's a very appropriate tune but i also think it's a really cool tune to begin with uh i'm gonna agree with you actually i like this one a lot um it, uh, I don't, I don't know that it necessarily speaks to my sensibilities as a, a music a connoisseur, but, um, it's definitely like, I, I definitely get the feel of, uh, being in like some kind of cave or cavern, you know, from NES, Super NES kind of, uh, vibey, you know, overall stage design. Um, I, I agree. I'm always a fan of hearing some reverb and some delay to create space and distance. Uh, this definitely has a bit of that. Which goes back to my original point of I get uh, the mental image of um, cave, cavern kind of stuff. Uh, I do like the big flourish. You you said it's a big splash, like the big <laughs> flourish. You know, it's. Yeah, I think this is a really. I so far I like this one better than the first level. Just you know, again, not they're not terrible, but <laughs> you know, when it comes to a a, a song, uh, yeah, this one speaks more to me excellent all right well i look forward to hearing what you make of this one this is this is probably the last song that most people heard in this game Uh, (laughs) because this is the song for turbo tunnel the speeder bike part uh there's a a song that happens like right before you get on the speeder bikes but it's there's really not much to it it's just a couple of notes that repeat over and over again because this is where the level is so you get you're in this like weird underground brain looking place mm-hmm. uh, and then you get on these little floaty bikes and everything just starts going insanely fast and like really especially for an NES game like y- y- really fast faster than anything I had ever seen on an NES game to this point like bar none and all these rock walls start showing up in your path and they'll like blink a little bit and um, they'll like fly right towards the uh you know fly right towards the screen you gotta dodge them you know up and down you can you know dodge up dodge down you can jump and then some of them you can actually uh duck under by just staying perfectly still and you just kind of have to figure that out and then there's a a section that the hardest one that i can never it's the one that i always screw up on i can do the rest of it flawlessly but there's this one part we have to manually jump and land and there's only like a few a very small space that you can actually land on on this very large mass. So it looks like there's a whole lot of space you can land on, but you can only actually land on this very little teeny tiny bit inside of it, and I have no idea where that hitbox is. So like, that's the part that I always lose on. Uh, It usually takes me at least one or two lives to get through this area because of that one part. But Mm. I have this just ingrained in my memory. So as long as I'm playing on a CRT with no lag, I can get through Turbo Tunner 
turbo tunnel almost every time because of how much I over and over and over again did this stage like nonstop. It was ridiculous. Uh, and this tune is super cool. We listened to um, on our, I think it was the the maybe it was our uh, awards show, but we listened to the new Xbox version of Battletoads version of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought that was really good, but this one's this one's where it's at. So let's go ahead and listen to uh, a very traumatic, trauma-inducing song. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry if this brings back bad memories, but here's Turbo Tunnel from Battletoads. Enjoy. Is the Turbo Tunnel speeder bike level? God, I can certainly hear anxiety, like in that, uh, just coupled with you know the actual level and and all that comes of that. So, um, the whole stage that song is playing, right? As soon as you get on the bike, and like I said, the whole the whole stage you'll be playing. And you're always given a warning of what's coming next. There'll just be a little flashing at the front of the screen that's showing you what's about to come at you, and you just kind of get at this rhythm. 
except the very last chunk of the level. They do not flash. The music speeds up to almost twice as fast, and the stage goes even faster. And it's just up, down, up, down, up, down, with no warning. <laughs> it's just... And what's super fun is that on the 11th one, I think it's the 9th or the 11th one, there's a warp zone. If you crash into the 9th block, you get to warp uh, warp ahead a couple of stages. You're welcome. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I, that's cool. I mean, that's a strange place to put a warp, but uh, whatever, I guess. I... You can see it. Which is, the, which is how I found out about it. They go, you're going through that section, and the warp zone looks like this little explosion. And like as the things are going by, like I'm just you know, I, you're unblinking, staring at the screen, and I'm like, "What was that?" <laughs> and then I die. I'm like, "What was that?" And then I die. I'm like, "I'm gonna run into that." <laughs> and then I ran into the warp zone. Yay! Let's see what happens. Yeah, not bad. But anyway, that song is very yes, very energetic. I really like the, the the main melody of it. Just the it's it's a really a uh, really good upbeat tune. Nice and fast, nice and energetic, but also like uh, it, it it builds and then always pulls itself back in the do 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 just to yeah. kind of like it does a really good job of keeping you on your toes because the whole that no matter how much fun you're having, you have got to be focused on this stage or you are toast. <laughs> Yes, I mean I've seen plenty of playthroughs, and I know how bad this level is. Um, but uh, you know, music-wise, I think it's fantastic. It's a great driving baseline, um, and like you said, it it builds itself up, it, it pulls itself back in. Um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, and actually, I, if I may, I think it's even a little understated. But I guess uh, I have to kind of remind myself that this is Nintendo Entertainment System. So you're not going to get, I don't know, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's about as bombastic as it can be. And I think it's, I I understand what you're saying. That's a little understated. And I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of important because I think, I I think if the music was providing any more of a distraction, that would be genuinely unfair. And I think, uh, you know, because you think about the kind of the crazy effects and stuff that they did in Ragnarok's Canyon or even Wookiee Hole, where there'd be these big, like, musical set pieces kind of things that really almost make you stop to appreciate the music. This one is very much driving background. Good, solid, keeps you going, but it's, it, it, is, it is a bit understated. It is very backgroundy, uh, right. which I, I think was... I have to I have to assume was an intentional design choice because of how much focus this stage requires. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, but no, you know, I say understated. I don't. Again, it's not really a negative. I'm not really saying anything negative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just kind of an observational uh, point of note, I suppose. Duly noted. All right, the next one we're going to listen to is the Arctic Caverns. We've heard this song on this podcast at some point during one of our winter specials uh, because this is a uh, this is just some good good old fashioned solid ice level music. Uh, so after you beat the turbo tunnel, the next stage is a precision platforming stage uh, on ice. So you're moving around with your battle toads, and there are all these spiky pink balls all over the place that will instantly kill you. There are snowmen throwing snowballs at you, giant ice cubes sliding around that you have to jump on and pick up and throw around to break through walls. This is a tough level, and uh, but it's 
it's so completely different from the turbo tunnel because this was very you know relatively slow and methodical uh, there are a couple of spots where you have to run away from you know sharp objects that are chasing you but this game this one you have to be precise in a very different way which uh, i think is a very cool <laughs> cool ice level <laughs> anyway here's there arctic caverns letter le level four enjoy arctic yeah i mean it's i well you know what actually it, it's certainly a cavern i'll give you the cavern it's not necessarily as arctic as uh you know some of the stuff we talked about in our um you know winter specials where it has that like you know crystalline sound and well i feel like it has the crystalline sound it just doesn't have the crisp the the same i guess like chord progression right because that main do 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 it's got that very crystally dwinky sound to it it's just that uh you think of a lot of the ice icy kind of stuff tends to land a lot more in the major key i think and i feel like that's okay. what kind of pulls this out of what a typical ice level would sound like because this one's very minor but not in like a scary way it's just kind of like a more like a laid-back rock ice tune i guess i don't really know how to explain it but there is definitely something a little odd about this compared to a lot of other uh ice music that we've listened to yeah it's it's definitely not um you know the same it's not it's not you know you're listening to the same track you know how a lot of like if you you get those you get a desert level you know what it's going to sound like you yeah know what I mean? so but the, it's not pretty that's i think what it is it's not yeah there's there's usually some semblance of pretty in ice level music this doesn't even go for that like it doesn't even attempt it yeah that makes sense yeah yeah i think that's a fairly accurate um description um but that being said like again it's an it's another track where i i dig like it's um it's baseline 
uh, a lot. And then like a lot of stuff that sits on top of it, the, you know, really memorable melodies, I think, um, you know, and again, as always like within the confines of, um, the NES's capabilities, like it's, it's really good. I also really like this one. I mean, I don't really like this whole soundtrack. It's 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 David Wise doing doing his David Wise thing. I uh, I don't know. This was uh, a <laughs> this song. This song always just reminds me of the incredible sense of relief of beating Turbo Tunnel for the first time, being like, "What's next?" And then just being kind of fascinated at how totally different this level was than anything else I had played up to that point. And then, you know, obviously dying very quickly and being like, well, guess I got to do the turbo tunnel again because I'm out of continues. Ugh. And, uh, well, that's, that's NES gaming for you. You'd rent yeah. the game and you'd just play it and play it and play it and play it. And I loved it. So, uh, let us leave the Arctic caverns and head over to level five surf city. Uh, this is a surfing level. Uh, which is broken up with some interstitial uh, brawlers. Like you'll just get like, you know, you'll get off your surfboard. So it's it's like a really a really slow version of Turbo Tunnel, which is like really messes with your head because the mechanics are so similar, yet not because you're on a surfboard and the surfboard is like constantly bouncing. So you don't have the same exact kind of control as you had over your bike in Turbo Tunnel, and mm -hmm. also everything is so much slower to the point where it's kind of nerve-wracking because you're used to the speed of Turbo Tunnel, and then you get to this point, it's like, that's going a lot slower, and I, I want to make sure that I'm reacting slowly enough instead of overreacting quickly, and then I miss my jump or something. It's a, it's a neat stage. Uh, <laughs> and as far as the music goes, it's this is... This is another one that really doesn't go for the obvious. Uh, you mm -hmm. would think uh, this would have a very specific surf sound, and it does... It does remind me of laid-back surf, but in a very different way. So uh, let's give it a listen. Here's Surf City, Surf City Level 5, and TerraTubes Level 9. Enjoy.
Surf City, man. Yeah, there definitely was a um, surf vibe, uh, for lack of a better term. I like mm -hmm. that one a lot, actually. Um, again, Baseline was uh, actually amongst one of my favorites. Um, let me see. There's... I mean, again, these are like fairly simple tracks, uh, so to speak, but they're really effective. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I feel like if I pontificate too much, I'd be definitely overselling it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just solid. It's just really solid. Uh, I do, you know, uh, sometimes we listen to older things and I, I don't notice drums at all or any attempt at drums and it just kind of... Oh, there's like one thing that gives you like a, a tempo, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, I appreciate like all these tracks having some semblance of a drum kit, not just like I said, like one thing, like a hi-hat or a snare. Like you, You're going to mm -hmm. get a kick. You're going to get a snare. And that's I think that's super cool. That's really what's kind of doing doing it for me in some of these uh, these tracks. I really like the part where the uh, the bass line and the melody both matched up when they're both going that that was part was super super cool. Uh, yeah, this is um, it, it's it's another relatively driving rhythm to to, to for an auto scrolling stage, uh, except for the parts where you're fighting. Uh, so it, it's once again really really effective at uh, being the music for the kind of stage that it was designed for. Um, and uh, I just, I just think it's a really interesting sounding tune. And you're right; it's not super complex, uh, mm -hmm. but I do think it is more complex than a lot of NES stuff was at the time, uh, and in a really cool way. Uh, it's just a really, really interesting, really interesting to listen to this music and hear what David Wise was going for, and just all the kind of tricks that he was playing to go to write this rather complicated sounding music, even though, even if it isn't ultimately the most complicated stuff in the world. Um, right. I, I very much enjoy it. So let us move on to Karnath's Lair. Uh, this is the snake level. So uh, when I say snake level, you might think, oh, there's snakes everywhere and I gotta fight him. No. <laughs> this is a series of rooms that you go to, uh, and there are these, like, portals in the wall, and these gigantic snakes come out, and you have to ride them but they always turn at 90 degree angles and you can hold onto the sides like climbing and, or you could stand on top of their backs while they're, while they're moving. And, uh, you, but you can't seamlessly, you know, travel from one to the next. You're always having to jump from like grabbing on this part of the snake, then grabbing onto this part of the snake as it's kind of moving. It's almost like a way more complicated version of those, uh, like little green track things that you would ride on in super Mario world or something. Okay. This stage is nuts. It's super cool looking, and it's got pretty interesting music. Um, because a lot of this stage is wait and then react. Like, that's kind of the whole thing about this stage is like, where's it coming from? I hear that it's happening. Okay, there it is. I have to react really quick. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very interesting kind of, a, kind of stage, and I think the music matches it pretty well. So here is Karnath's Lair. Enjoy. Thank you. 
All right, that's Karnath's Lair. Uh, what's interesting about this track is that the way it's used in the game is that it restarts all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So like I said, these are it's a series of rooms. So like you'll be in this, like now you've teleported into this one just gigantic room. And when you ride the snakes, you get to the, uh, you eventually get to the little teleport thing at the end of it. And then you show up in the next room and that's when the, the stage music starts over again. So every single time you get to a new room, you're back at that start of the song where it's very plodding. It's very do 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 do. All right, what's going on? Do 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 do. Where's the snake? Right. Do do. <laughs> like it's it's very <laughs> thinking about it. And then as the music picks up, you're doing these like crazy jumps that are super duper stressful because there's stuff that could kill you at an instant at every turn. And then you're back at the beginning. Okay, where's the snake? <laughs> Where's it coming from? It's it uh, it has a very interesting uh, uh, cadence to it, and I, I, it's again really perfect for what this stage is. I'll I'll agree. Uh, I again another track where um, I'm really in love with the bass line and and actually the whole piece itself. I I like the do 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 do. It's a it's a fun way to kind of start off a song. I think of like you know a bunch of metal songs that just start off like guitar just real quick dun, 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 dun. you're like oh uh -huh. something <laughs> something mean is coming um so that's cool um yeah i mean i don't have too much more to say about it other than that's that's another fantastic track yeah it's a it's it's another really interestingly reserved song uh but unlike the turbo tunnel one where it had that sort of wasn't as bombastic because of the very nature of the stage this was reserved because like you the whole point of the the, the stage is to stop and think mm -hmm. and 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 be ready to react in an instant and it just it really matches that gameplay style so perfectly with the just quick little staccato nature at the beginning of the, the tune I, I love it yeah definitely oh. okay next up is Volkmeyer's inferno okay um, this is a stage where you're on jets, and there's fire everywhere. <laughs> okay. Another similar to Turbo Tunnel, but like, I, I, again, a fairly different take on it, uh, and really, really stressful. So, uh, here's, uh, Volkmeyer's Inferno. There's fire everywhere. Enjoy.
I like that song a lot. I like uh, the... Uh, gonna agree? Yeah, <laughs> I like the little bit where it just turns into this, like, kind of happy uh, major chord bit there in the middle of it. That's kind of the first you've really heard of major chords in this whole soundtrack. And it's almost like a, a little bit of relief, like, all right, this is actually really cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, I know this is a, this has been extremely harrowing so far because this game is so freaking tough. But, like, mm-hmm. let's just take a second and appreciate that this is really cool. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. I, I, I like this. I really like in the beginning of it where it's kind of making fire noises in the background of the music. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's, that's a really neat little effect. And uh, David Weiss kind of did something similar in, uh, in like, uh, his Dark Country 2 soundtrack where you have, like, the wind and stuff built right into the tune. Uh, it's it's a it's a neat way of handling stuff like that. I, I really like this one. Yeah, I'll agree. I was going to say this this definitely sounds like it's on fire. Um, <laughs> it, it, it gives me the kind of um, mental imagery of a you know a, like a flame stage, a lava stage, whatever you want to call it, inside of a volcano stage. Um, I liked it a lot. I like the uh, I actually like the main melody a lot. You know. Uh, playing off that bass line again. Um, yeah, just solid stuff. Yeah, and this uh, this stage in particular, I did want to point something out. Um, I'm just kind of getting myself to a little spot where I can look at it to, to kind of regain my uh, memory of it. Yeah, so like you start the stage and it's uh, it's like crystals in the background. And uh, there's so there's like this is seven dash two, so it's very similar to Turbo Tunnel where you're starting the stage, and the music in the background is something relatively repetitive. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like a couple of a uh, a couple of chords that repeats, and uh, you do some tricky platforming, you do some some beaten up bad guys, uh, and then you get to the jets. And as soon as you get on the jets, or like right before you get to the jets, the uh, the background turns into fire, and the the battle toads mm-hmm. do the thing where their like jaw drops, and so that's like. The musical cue is super cool. Um, so it's like a, the, 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 everything changes to fire, and then you run over to the jets, and then that's when everything picks up. And that you, you kind of like feel like you, you get on it, and as it's revving up, like, doo, it's like the revving up of your jet, and then mm-hmm. you just start going once the starts happening, and you've got this multi-tiered fire scrolling by in the background, which is, again, a really crazy awesome effect for an NES game. And this one's like, you're dodging these like bars of fire that have these openings in them, and like some of them will open up as they show up on the screen or something, like... It's a really freaking tough stage. Like, as, of course, this whole game is really freaking tough. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it really is another situation where the music matches so well what's happening on the screen. Even though this um, this is a lot slower than Turbo Tunnel, and and I, I assume it's it's by nature because the way they do Turbo Tunnel, um, you can go so much faster because they give you that warning of when things are showing up. But in this one, uh, the screen's scrolling so much slower because they don't give you that warning. So they need to give you enough time to kind of react to what's happening on the screen. Um, and I guess that's kind of reflected in the fact that the, the tune eventually turns into that little bit of a major chord there. Because it's not as constantly fast like death metal in your face. It's like <laughs> it, gives you a little, it gives you a brief moment to breathe kind of a thing. Uh, even though there is not much in the way of breathing room in this stage because like... 
you dodge the fire bars, then you get to the fireballs, and then there are rockets that start, you know, going, you know, falling from the top and coming up from the bottom, and you've got to dodge all those. And then you get more fire bars as things keep going faster and faster, and it's like, then that once it does actually get to the point where things start going stupid fast, and they start giving you the warnings. Um, but like the music speeds up to like three times as fast too, so it's like unfathomably stressful. It's just nuts. It's unfathomably. Yeah. You are definitely rolling at ludicrous speed. Yay, ludicrous speed. <laughs> Alright, so the next track we're going to listen to is In Intruder Excluder. Uh, this is a stage that's kind of like a vertical scrolling stage. Uh, it's not an auto scroll, but you're you know at the bottom working your way up to the top, and you got to do all these like weird platforming things to get in in between these moving platforms and stuff, and you're always beating up stuff with a stick, and then you fight a giant robot at the top. It's a fairly straightforward stage, and it's kind of a nice break before you get to where you're going next. Uh, so uh, this track is Intruder Excluder, and it's pretty cool. Enjoy.
That was Intruder Excluder. What'd you make of that one? That's another great one. Uh, you know, it sounds kind of dumb because we talk, or at least you talk about how much you love David Wise. And, you know, I'm I'm a fan. Everything I hear I think is great. Um, this is no exception. Uh, I, I like... I, I just like how simplistic some of this stuff is, um, but how effective it is. You know, again, this is another one that has a great uh, bass line, another great um, complementary melody to it, and it builds, 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 and it comes back down. It builds, 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 it comes back down. It's just, it's a lot, you know, a lot of what I've said to previous tracks is applicable here as well. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll, I'll agree with you. I don't have a... The, the, for this stage was like one of the few stages in this game that didn't really stick out to me mm-hmm. uh, and it was also one of this it, this was the last stage that I was able to beat on my own uh, I, I've, I've done a little poking around here and looking at the stages and I was like yep level 9 the Terra tubes that's the one that killed me um, like and, and killed me dead uh, so <laughs> yeah um, I, I like this I like this this level I like this uh, this song quite a bit it's awesome Uh but yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add to that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. Don't do it. So, uh, level nine, we already listened to. That was Terra Tubes. That was the same as Surf City. And uh, I hate that level. <laughs> that level is. <laughs> that's the one I needed the Game Genie to get past. It is just. It's. It's like a half jumping and half swimming level. And you're in all these pipes. And there's these instant death spikes just littered oh. everywhere. And you gotta run away from these gears. And there's like spikes that are off screen, so you have to like just you you have to know where these things are. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I never got around to memorizing the stage, and this is where I, I completely lost it. I was never able to do this one, so uh, which is a shame because the level that follows it uh, is super cool. Um, I remember getting to it using the game genie and be like, "All right, what's this game got next?" And this is a uh, this is a wacky escape sequence kind of thing where you have to race. Um, a rat boss to uh, a certain part of the stage uh, and if you lose then you die and if you win then you get to keep going in the stage uh, and this music is perfect for that because it's like you know you're not racing on anything it's a foot race so you're just trying to get through this stage as quick as you can and avoid the hazards and you know not stop to fight things or whatever you just got to get to the finish line as quick as you can to beat the rat it's a super super cool stage really hard even with a game genie but it's really rewarding uh so let's give it a listen here is level 10 rat race enjoy Thank you. 
love that one. That's probably my favorite song on the soundtrack, to be perfectly honest with you. That song just blows me away. It's so wild. It's like that that drum beat that he came up with for when the uh, the main kind of intro melody reprises itself is just so funky, especially for an NES tune. And it's the song just nails the intense. <laughs> I have such flashbacks of this stage when listening to this music. It's just like you get to that little spot and this music kicks in and it just like, boom, you're just running as quick as you possibly can to get away from this darn rat that is way too fast. And uh, oh, it's just the perfect level of intensity. I love, I freaking love this tune. It definitely does sound like uh, this song would appear next or accompanying some kind of hijinks. <laughs> and, you know, you say it's a, a race. That kind of makes sense to me. Um, again, another great bass line. Uh, the drums are there doing, you know, minimalistic, but it's there and it, it in its own um, slim way, in its own kind of uh, stripped away or way, it, it fills it out, um, you know, so to speak. Uh, you know, another great great video uh video oh my god another great uh song so i gotta put a little bit more of the uh, the stage itself in the context because i don't feel like i'm doing it justice so i mean besides the fact that i just think the music itself is super brilliant like that crazy alarm sound like like it's really high pitched it's like really it fills you with that anxiety but this music is really really malleable in the stage so you're going through and there's all these death traps, these little like sentry drones and stuff you got to punch out of your way and these gas things that shoot out of the side of the wall. And what you're actually racing the rat to is bombs uh, that are going to go off. And as soon as like the rat will materialize, it'll be like, like uh, beamed in to the stage and then it just starts running and you got to start running. And as soon as the rat shows up, the music slowly, actually not even that slowly, just starts to pick up the speed till it's going insanely fast like till it's just like it just sounds like noise and you're just like ah! <laughs> just just oh, gotta go gotta go, gotta go ah! then you get to the bomb and it's not just enough to get to the bomb you have to hit the bomb you have to like kick it off the screen or before it goes off or before the racket's there and sets it off and blows everything up and as soon as you do that the screen kind of like fades to black and then fades back up again and you start you know, the next chunk of the race and the music goes back to the starting tempo until the next rat shows up and then it starts going faster and faster and faster. It's as awesome as the music is on its own. Watch a playthrough of this game and and just just look at the the walkthrough of uh, somebody playing level 10 rat race in the NES game and just watch the absolute madness and just the nail-biting intensity of the stage. It's so good. And the way the music plays along with it is just... mm. Chef kiss, phenomenal. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so um, I hate to skip it in its entirety, um, because honestly, it's it's a great level. Uh, just the music is uh, not the music didn't really you know light my pants on fire. You know, didn't really know didn't really blow the old skirt up. If you know what I mean. Uh, it, it's very effective for what it is, but you know, given time constraints, we don't want to be here all night. Uh, the stage 11 is another one you got it was a very memorable stage this was another one even with game genie I had a hard time getting through um, it's called clinger winger and you get on this unicycle but that you're holding onto with your hands so it's just like this one wheel 
with the handlebar sticking out of it, and you hold on to it, and this, like, glowing death spiral shows up behind you and starts chasing you, and the unicycle sticks to all the walls, so you've got to, like, press the directions to, like, move on these 90-degree angles, like, across the walls and the ceilings, and you have to do it fast enough to outrun the glowy death spiral that is right on your heels the entire time, and it's crazy intense. Man, this game's weird. It's super cool, but man, it's weird. Anyway, uh, so the next <laughs> the next level after that is The Revolution. Uh, this would be level 12, and if I remember correctly, this is the last level in the game. Uh, so what's cool about this, this was a trick that I saw here first. I think I saw it here first. I can't remember if I saw this trick here or in uh, Kirby's Adventure first for NES, but... Um, it, it's like this tower that's a it's a cylindrical tower and it's a really really wild effect you've got you've got to see it uh, in motion if you've never seen it before um, the camera doesn't like you know the camera stays on you and they do this effect where it makes it look like you're spinning around this round uh, cylindrical tower uh, by manipulating the tower itself uh, like spinning it around in the background it's it's a really crazy cool effect. Uh, for especially for an NES game, and uh, they they definitely use something really similar in Kirby's Adventure. I think it's more effective here than it was in Kirby's Adventure, and it was super cool in Butter Building in Kirby's Adventure. Like, don't get me wrong, uh, but this is just this is just awesome stuff right here. Uh, this is a really cool stage, and uh, the music's uh, the music's not bad, like the rest of the game. It's it's pretty snazzy. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to the music of the final stage, the Revolution. Get it? Because things are spinning. Waka waka. Yeah, cleverness. All right, here you go. Enjoy.
Well, that is an appropriately dreadful song, you know what I mean? Very, mm -hmm. uh... I'm watching a playthrough of this level, I hate this level. <laughs> it's such a cool effect with the, the, the spinny tower and whatnot. I hate this level. Again, this is another one, like, I... It reminds me a lot of another rare game, Cobra Triangle, where I've beaten that game only with a Game Genie. And even with a Game Genie, I would get to the end of that game and be like, How? How in the world are you supposed to do this? And I'm watching this playthrough of somebody doing a perfect walkthrough as any no-hit run of this, this game, which is like, just boggling my mind, because there's so many death traps everywhere, just so much little, like, one-hits, you're just toast. And, uh, you know, this guy just, just knows them all, but, uh, man. To the music itself, it's very, it's got a very interesting final level feel to it, you know? It's way more full of dread than just about anything else in the game. It has almost no sense of fun to it. Which is fun, because, uh, there is no real fun to be had in this last level. It's just things trying to blow you around, and it's just mean. <laughs> Whole level's just <laughs> plain old mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What'd you make of this one? Uh, again, I liked it. Um, there was a little bit of a disconnect for me, though, uh, uh, towards the end of the loop, where it's like, din -in -in -in, din -in -in. like it, it, the, the first mel grouping of melodies that came around, I, I thought, like, oh, this is really good. And then it kind of, I don't know, I think it got away from itself, maybe. Yeah, it really hit this some weird, weird, like, bum notes, but it. I mean, they they don't seem like mistakes. It just seems very intentional. But like, they of course, are, they're bum notes. No matter how you slice it, it's really weird. Mm -hmm. Strange song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's a strange level to a strange game. So, uh, uh, now we're on to uh, well, we're on to the fun bits. We have uh, technically two songs left. Uh, we have the boss music and the pause music. Uh, the boss music. We'll listen to next because you know it's boss music it's great but i don't know if you know about this game's pause music it's somewhat legendary no i don't all right i look forward to it first let's listen to the super cool boss music uh it's boss music man and it's killer so let's give it a listen enjoy boss music yep that's what that was <laughs> that's what that was it's basically the the battletoads theme uh you know the title screen music kind of reprised in a uh, you know fast-paced boss music it's not a lot to it and that's mm. fine uh, it's just cool boss music man i like it yeah agreed but you know it's time for the, the piece de resistance it is time for the pause music at any point during this game you could pause and every time you paused you would hear this just just amazing set of sounds. <laughs> I don't know what else to, what else to call it, but it's a uh, it's really special, and I cannot tell you how many times we would be playing this game, me and my sister, and we'd just pause it and just start bobbing our heads because uh, it's the pause music, man. Ready? Yeah. Let's do it. 
<laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it would keep going as long as you have it paused. Sure. <laughs> I love it. I don't know what else to say, right? It's best. Uh, clearly yes. the best song of the night, right? Best song by far. <laughs> Possibly the best tune we've ever listened to on Waveback. It's, you know, totally possible. <laughs> the melody, the the cadence, it nails everything. The tone. The senseless marching forward to your own death. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it, what else is fun about this is that anyone can pause. So, like, you'd just be playing the game, you'd be in the middle of the stuff, and then, like, who you're playing with would just be like, pooch, pooch, pooch. <laughs> just, like, pause it in the middle of nowhere and start dancing. Like, damn it, let's get back to the game. Then you get back to the game, then you pause it and start dancing. <laughs> like, the pause itself was, like, this weird built-in troll that you could do to each other while you're playing. It's, oh, it's marvelous. I imagine if you weren't playing with your sister and, say, like, a brother instead, there would have been a lot of fist fighting. <laughs> Well, no, my, you haven't met my sister. There was lots of fist fighting. Really, more <laughs> just her attacking me. I, I didn't really hit back very much, but uh, yeah, she would get very frustrated and hit me sometimes. <laughs> Battle toads. Ah, well, that that about wraps it up. Happy anniversary, Battle Toads! Thirty years of Battle Toadin. <laughs> Ah, uh, quite an anniversary. So uh, I, I, I had a blast. I don't know about you. I had an absolute ball. Uh, I, you know, ha- having never played the game, um, but you know, I-, I would never have been exposed to the soundtrack, and I think uh, that would have probably been a crying shame because this is a, what what I've heard today. Uh, absolutely solid stuff. Yeah, it's really solid. It's really weird. Um, if you're, you can definitely hear david wise's signature style in this uh but when you listen to his other soundtracks like donkey kong or uh uh, snake pass or ukulele it's it's more like i guess the stuff he's more known for Mm -hmm. uh or even like wizards and warriors you can kind of hear the tones of this in there but this Mm -hmm. is so much more experimental in a lot of ways um I, it's it's a fascinating work. Uh, like can compare this directly to what he did with Snake Rattle and Roll, for example. Um, it's really wild to listen to. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you everybody for listening, and that's going to be our show. Join us next time when our anniversary series continues with the first full game starring Sega's mascot Sonic the freaking Hedgehog for Sega Genesis. Also 30 years old. It's crazy to me to think that this came out around the same time as Battletoads hit NES. And I remember where I was when I first played it. (laughs) 30 years ago. 30 years ago. I look forward to hearing that story next time we record. Anyway, we here at the Waveback Podcast are incredibly grateful to everyone who listens, and we love communicating with you when we can. We have a couple of ways you can do that. There's the Geek Discord channel, in which we have a Waveback chat where we frequently discuss all manner of stuff relating to video game music and whatever our next episodes are going to be. We also have a Waveback forum page over on Facebook, which you can find by searching Waveback on Facebook. Of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at geekade.com, and while you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and 
and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site at geekade.com. Uh, Matt, you got any uh, fun plugs for us? Uh, the world's longest one-shot continues. <laughs> um, every other Saturday at the uh, Geekade Twitch uh, channel. Uh, Twitch.tv backslash Geekade. Um, we just keep on adventuring, uh, but we're on to the main quest. You know, it took some time. Things are getting weird. There's a 7-Eleven sized giant beetle that is now with the party. Oh. Um, yep. And it talks. Well, it speaks a language that uh, my character actually understands. So it's been very interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, that and more. High jinks on the, on the D&D Cs. Fantastic. Well, I will uh, I will throw in that I uh, had started a new podcast recently, A Theater Near You. It's based on uh, movies. We just recorded our second episode last night, which goes up, uh, I think, the day after this episode posts. So it'll be Tuesday, June 1st, I believe. Uh, and we talked about the A-Team movie. Nice. Which, which I love. I yes. just love that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, so look forward to that. All right, uh, we're going to leave you tonight with uh, the game's ending theme, because that's what we do. Uh, It's another enjoyable piece of music from the great David Wise. Uh, Thanks, everybody, again for listening, and we'll see you next time for some Sonic the Hedgehog. Good night.